Welcome to another powerful message from One Life OK. We really hope you enjoy it. The Spirit of God is, is upon us and in us and moving through us. And He's rearranging and rewiring. You know, I know a little bit about electrical and you know there's a there is a source that flows through your entire house of power in the electrical world and every light and outlet is connected to this one source and when you break the connection between the source or the power, then it sets off a reaction to other components in the house. And when you remodel, um, things and sources are in different places. I'm really weirdly ringing, are in different places than they are going to be when you construct new places and new walls. And so I just really feel like that today he's just wanting us to understand that we're in that remodeling type phase. And so because of that, where things were connected and sources were and things that we had become aware of and we kind of counted on, he's shifting some things around. And so because of that, then there is old ways that won't work anymore said all that to say that and so i think right now there's just a season of discovering just the shifts that the holy spirit wants to do and when things shift and change then our if we're not careful sometimes our response is based on an old um memory or an old thing that we did before and when he says i'm doing a new thing do you not perceive it it is about our perception of it that tends to create what kind of momentum we have does that make sense and so he's doing a new thing and I want, I want us today, you know, I, I'm going to talk a little bit today about a couple of things. Let's just kind of get started. And I had three slides or so from Wednesday I didn't get to read. And so I wanted to read them today. Uh, Vinton, it's, did you, I didn't even get a chance to talk to you. There you are. Uh, number three, you know, in this book that you're reading, he talks about the divine consuming of humanity living in the fullness of divinity. And he made this statement, Jesus saw a new way to be human. It's the next slide. A a way to live each moment fully present and alive. Listen, this is the ultimate goal of humanity. See, when we're so consumed with where we are, you know, one of the ways you get tested on this is that you go to work for a, for a company that's not yours. Yeah. 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 
And, you know, it's different being an employee than a boss. And let me help you. The goal when you work is to discover what it's like to be the boss. You won't get promoted. See, we go into a job saying, I could do the boss job better. You can't. That's why you're not the boss. When you get there, when you grow up, then you will advance. Right? And you can make anything happen on you want, all you want, but it's, it's, it's the God-ordering steps. And so Jesus saw a new way to be human, a way to live each moment fully present and fully alive. Imagine if your every choice and every action only and always created the good and the beautiful and the true. The genius of Jesus is that he teaches us how to become human again. God made humanity perfect. Humanity is God's created perfection. You are human. You are God's created perfection. You're just learning to live in that body. You're just learning to live with what He created. You're just learning to adopt His ways. And of course, we all know, I said it on Wednesday. I think I threw that slide on there. Let me think. Where did I put it? Yes, it's number 12. Before the truth can set you free... You must realize what? What lies are holding you hostage? How do you know they're holding you hostage? They talk. They have a voice. Right? And what's coming out of my mouth presents where I'm hostage. So today, um, I am... Let's go to number seven. I wanted to talk today about a couple of things about our minds, okay? But let's read this. One of the most amazing gifts that God has given us is the human mind. How many know that? How many like your mind? How many are tormented in your mind? How many struggle in your head? Great, because we we can't. Let's go back. Sorry, Venton. Let's read that side again. (laughs) Twelve. Before the truth can set you free. I'm fixing to give you some truth. Okay? And so if I say, are you tormented in your mind and you don't raise your hand and you are, then you didn't accept slide 12. Right? I'm trying to free you, but you have to admit what binds you. You know, I can't, I said on Wednesday, I can't change. Right? Can't be healed of what I want to admit. I mean, that was 20 years ago, 30 now. 30 years ago, Mark Sharona said, You can't be healed of what you don't. Do we still believe that? So, back to seven. One of the most amazing gifts that God has given us in the human mind its, it's the human mind. The ability, to, look, learn, think, choose, reason. That's what that mind does. Learn, think, choose, reason. Learn, think, choose. You should memorize those four things. That's what your mind is doing all the time. 
It's choosing all kinds of stuff. That's the essence of what makes us human. While the ability to think makes us human, it actually goes deeper. Your thoughts become a reflection of who you really are. Do you believe it? So I've started this new book, and a lot of these thoughts, not all of them, so sermon note people, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to give you the place where they're all coming from. But anyway, I've started this new book, and it's a guy that used to be the Thomas Nelson CEO. It's a publishing company. And he wrote a book, I can't even remember the name of it, Your Best Year Ever. And I just stumbled on it randomly, and I'm really, really loving it. And he's just really practical, and so I'm going to give you a few tips. Now you're cold, right? Let's see. There's just not going to be a happy medium, a little Echabee. He just don't know what number we need. Let's try that number for a little bit. And he told this story, slide 11, about the invisible fence. And he was saying that he had gotten a new dog, and it was rambunctious. And as a puppy, they would open the door and it would just sprint out the door and run. And they would spend 20 minutes chasing, chasing it down. We have one like that at our house, too. And, you know, ours, the one that we have that is the escape artist, it loves to be chased. So you know what that means? That thing never ends. There's not an end to that. You run out and she's like, yeah, here we go. So anyway, he's telling the story about how they bought one of those invisible fences and they put out the little line and they put it in the little collar and it has a little shocker on it. If you've ever seen that movie, well, I can't say it because it's probably a bad movie. Let me think real quick. I don't know. Um, I'm not going to say it. There's a movie where the man put the shock collar on it and it shocked him way more than he thought. But anyway, that was just a movie. It's not real. It's a really small shock. So... Anyway, but he was saying that he trained the dog then. And there came a day where he took the collar off. But the dog didn't know that the collar wasn't on anymore. That's where we are sometimes with our thoughts. Right? So, number, oh, got a new girl back there. Thirteen. This is what I want to talk about today. Habits of thinking. Scarcity versus abundance. Yeah. You know, in Proverbs, the next slide, Proverbs 23, 7, it says this, For as he thinks within himself, so is he. That's a beautiful thing, isn't it? All those things you're struggling with, If you would choose today to do this exercise and identify them alone, just identify them. What's their origin? We talked about on Wednesday night some. Every thought that doesn't line up with a promise from God is an enemy warring within yourself. And if you're not careful, as you grow older, and you don't address those thoughts, they become the invisible fence without your collar on. They become a limit to how much you can expand because you're limited here. So remember what we said about our mind. What's those four things I told you to memorize? 
kind of weak, but learn, think, choose, reason. That's what your mind's doing all the time. It's repetitive without trying, without any effort. And the things that it's learned, it creates a habit. So if I said today, what's two plus two? Don't answer it, but how many know that answer? You didn't come out of the womb knowing that. Right? Someone showed you a visual aid or something, you know, got two crayons, put them over here, got two crayons, put them over here and put them together. And they said, count those. And they said, that's two plus two. That You just learned math. Not a high level math. Right? But it's still math. That happened in every way. Relationships. You come over here. You have an abusive father, absent father, no father. That plus whatever you had, no mother, religious mother, happy mother. You put those together. You had an equation going on in your life all the time. And it equaled something. So just think for a second about your parents. Where does your mom fall in that category? Was she prosperous of soul? Was she prophetic? Was she amazing? Was she, did she know who she was? Was she present? Or was she absent? Or was she abused? Or was she aloof? Or was she a rescuer? Did she have you to meet a need in her? And think of your dad. Was he godly? Was he prophesying around the house? Was he in jail? Was he a criminal? Was he a, an Ahab? And then add those together. That's what we're working with today. The summation of those two ads are what you are working with now called life. Your ideas and perceptions how you think, how you learn, how you choose, how you reason, yes. all came from that equation, and you're trying to change it. Yeah. Agreed? Yes. So that's why it's so important to realize what we're working with. Yes. What are we working with? We're working with an equation from two people and other people. I mean, add in siblings. Yes. You know, were you the baby? Spoiled right away. Were you the only child? Don't know how to share. Come on. Just where did you fall in the line? Were you in the middle? Right? All of that's part of this. Some of y'all are just acting like I'm making you mad right now. This is just you. Who's getting mad at Tisa right now? I can tell. I'm not going to look at you anymore. So... That's what that's what we're working with. And so then you add school. Were you bullied a lot? Were you made fun of a lot? That's that's your friend base right there. That's how you think everybody feels about you. To this day, I am friends with people who think I'm their old friends. I'm not those people. Ooh. 
I'm not those people, right? right. Y'all know what I'm saying? Yes. So I'm trying to give you, this is what we're working with. This is what I'm working with. So then when I present, this is what God wants to do with your life. All of that other stuff in your math pile comes over here. And now I'm trying to sort which thing I'm talking to. Is it a seven or is it a 10 or is it a mom or is it a friend or a dad or a job or a pastor? Are you with me? It's your job to identify that. That's called being self-aware. Right? So when God comes and he like, he's always presenting more promises to attain. Don't you love that about him? You kind of get to a pretty cool level, right? And you're like, he's like, hey, I... I don't know if you know this, but I've got more. And you're like, you're like, man, I don't even know if I can do everything I want to do with the part I got, right? And he's always, it's just an all, it's a constant invitation to the more. And what's cool is he makes an avenue. He shows the road to the more. Now I'll help you out here. I'll give you some clues to success that I've said before, but in the context of this new math problem, maybe you can hear it in a new way. But all the spiritual side of you only works in context of a supernatural family to its full potential. Now in the world, it's all about independence. Who can you convince in the world to loan you money to do what you want to do? That's the world sample. But the kingdom sample is how can you die to your way, to your math, to your old math? That's, that wasn't even kingdom math. And how can you hook up with what will advance that hunger, that eternal dot that he planted in your heart? And so let's think about, if you can, that... If I love this analogy in Proverbs 23, because that word think, I said it right there, it means to split open. So as a man thinks, splits open, looks inside here, what do you see? What you're saying, especially when nobody's watching, especially when you're tired. Or your kids are puking every day and pooping their pants 24 times and your plumbing's broke. That That's your character. Yes. How you're reacting to adversity. Everybody, when they got a million dollars, feels good that day. Now, the next day is more trouble because you don't know where to spend it. But that first day, it feels like all your problems are over. That's how we know money is not the answer to anything. Because it just created another level of distress for this small P brain I have of math equations. Right? That's why he lets us advance a little bit at a time. And he checks us at kindergarten level. He's kind of like a teacher. Are you really ready to advance? What do you learn in kindergarten? You learn to read. They don't whoop out the trigonomy trigonomy 
book, right? They don't set down Shakespeare, right? It's the level in which you're at right then. And God does the same thing. See, I think that's a good God. You know, you can determine what grade you're in by what you say when trouble comes, when you're tired. When you don't, when your plans are slower than you thought. Heard a lot of that one this week. You just made up your own calendar is what you did. I mean, if I focus more on what was going on on the inside than some random goal I set on the outside, the random goal on the outside would run into me. When I am so focused on that out here, I can't find it. I can't find it. And so I love it because in if you read in that chapter, the the uh, Passion Translation says this, it's like eating with him is like eating with someone with a hair in his throat. His mind is not with you. See, that's really what's happening is that when God goes to interact with us, what I've got going on is so much more on my mind. Have you ever been to dinner? Don't raise your hand, Mendel. Have you ever been to dinner with people and all they are the whole time are on their phone? You're, that's you. You got a hair in your throat. Can't eat. Your mind's not with you. They're not with you. See, this is a struggle point for a lot of people. You know, part, you have to remember the whole reason that God wants humanity to interact is to love other humanity. Not to see how many goals you can accomplish or how many games you can play or how good you are, if you're a YouTuber or not. It's about loving people. It's about fellowship. We've got to learn to do better. That's one of the things we had a team meeting tonight. I really said we we really need to learn how to fellowship better. You know, we're trying to make plans to have more fellowship. Because why? We want people to feel like they have a place to come. You know, I'm a pretty serious girl. I mean, like, I, you know, his presence is important to me. I want to protect it. But I have a lot of fun. And I want us to learn to do both. I want us to learn to do both better. Right? So I think that's a good scripture for us to think about while I'm talking today, okay? Just to make it legitimate. So number 15, I'm going to talk about two things today. Limiting beliefs and liberating truths. And again, I got some of this stuff from this really cool book. But he's he's talking about, um, let's do number 16. Um, he was talking about that when Steve Jobs died, you know who he is, he, and, yeah. he had something to do with Apple. Yeah. This is what his wife said about him. She said, it's hard enough to see what is already there, to remove the many impediments to a clear view of reality. But Steve's gift was even greater. He saw clearly what was not there, what could be there, what had to be there. His mind was never a captive of reality. Quite the contrary. He imagined what reality lacked and he set out to remedy it. 
Now, see, that's that I will propose to you. That's that's the call of all of our lives. So when I chose to surrender to God, then I saw something that reality didn't have. And that was a good grasp of who God really was. So I set out to teach people. And I, and I thought to myself, if they really knew who God was, they wouldn't have one face at church and one face at home, which is the most idiotic thing in the world to me because God sees everything. It doesn't even make any sense to me. Right? I mean, when you think about it, did, haven't you seen Christians who are different at home than they are at church? Anyone seen that at all? Anyone? Just three or four people? I've seen it a lot. And so I didn't think that was right. And I, so I said, I set out to say, I wanted to live one life. I wanted to be the same. If you saw me at the store, if you saw me at home, if I just got out of bed, if I was at church preaching, I wanted to be the same person. And what I discovered was that I had been taught some religious lies that made me perform at church. Okay. That's what's happening when you feel differently if I see you do something than you do with someone else that you're way more comfortable with. And see, all of that is a habit of thinking. All of that is in this human brain of yours. You are... I'll just shoot it to you straight, okay? That's people-pleasing. And what God does is when we do that, He sets us up for success. If I'm going to people-please, He'll set it up for success. I will spend my life running around from person to person, from house to house, job to job, trying to find someone to please. Tell, find someone that tells me I'm okay. Find someone that tells me you're amazing. But I don't even feel it in here, so I'm running around to people. Are you with me? Do you agree? Well, some of y'all do. Those people that are mad at me are still mad. So I wanted to give you, a, a, he had a cool list that I really, really loved. I want to talk about it a little bit. He talked about um, scarcity thinking leads to failure, fear, and discontent. These are limiting beliefs. The liberating truth of that is it abundance thinking leads to success, joy, and fulfillment. So think about that for a minute. Just can do y'all have the capacity right now to get a thought, one single thought? Not that you're mad at me either. One single thought <laughs> in your head right now. Can can ever does everyone have the capacity to focus on one single thought? Yeah. Would anybody want to share that one thought with me? Okay, great. I was thinking about how someone I talked to a couple days ago. Yeah was telling me that what set them free was learning the scarcity for versus abundance mindset. Nice. Okay. And so when you think about that, you could see clearly, oh, well, the one just leads to failure, fear, and discontent, doesn't it? Uh-huh. Yeah. That's easy to see because you heard some words about it, right? Yeah. So the exercise I'm trying to get you to discover is that if you'll take a thought yes. 
And you'll, yes, Cheryl, come up here. Come on, come on. No, no, I'm just kidding. It's good. It's good. You take a thought. That's right. And you actually measure it. Now, I'm not going to get to this today. I'm going to talk about it probably on Wednesday night. But he talked about backward and forward thinking. And he, he made this statement, you've got to complete the past. Is that the best statement you've ever heard? I don't know, but I'm telling you, it's the best statement you've ever heard. You've got to complete it. See, what we do in religious circles, right? We're so afraid to be Lottie. But he was saying, he was saying that when I look backward at my life, I need to do three things. I need to learn from it. I need to be aware. Whether I want to repeat that again. And I need to analyze it to see if it was good or bad. That's what I'm supposed to be doing. See, when, when, you know, we, I have the ability to do this all the time. There's a tic-tac or something right there on the floor. Um, I was like, well, it's so obvious because it's just bright orange. Um, when we do say, like, we're doing a house and we picked out some tile and it's extremely I discovered it's extremely difficult to lay because we had to lay it because the guy that we were going to hire, it was too hard for him. So in that moment, you know what I'm saying? I will never buy this tile again. Right? Because the level of complexity versus the outcome, I could have picked something else. No one's going to walk in there and go, Oh my gosh, I know how hard that is to lay, right? That's not going to happen. And so there's not going to be any appreciation for it. It was all that strain and struggle, and I made that all myself. It wasn't as big of a deal when I didn't think I was going to lay it. So see, that's the thing. And when we forward think, we think about possibilities because we, we have... We have completed the past. It's done. It's complete. I, I glean what I needed to learn from that. I don't get stuck back there acting like that's my identity. And I'm saying, okay, well, what are my new actions going to be as I forward think? Based on completion of the past that I learned. I closed that book. I have closure on it. Do you see that? That's so simple. I feel like we could go home with that. And then I'm also going to make progress different than I did before. Because I learned. That's really what living and learning should look like. Yes. We lived and learned this morning. We, I said, okay, well, here's a good time. You know, we're going to get here. We're going to do this. It wasn't enough time. If any little thing goes wrong, which a million things went wrong back there, it wasn't enough time. So I'm like, I don't like that feeling. So we're going to get here. Or you better believe next Sunday we're going to have a new time. Because that wasn't a good time. Yeah. By the way, we're changing Wednesday night small group time to 6 because that wasn't a good time. 6.15 doesn't work. Yeah. So see, everything, do you understand? That's how you do. You try something, you live and learn. Now, if you're one of those people who's like, oh, we just said it, we do it, we're just going to keep doing it. That's just what we said we we're going to do. We're just going to do it that way every time. This is what we're going to do. That you're just rigid. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Are you with me? Okay, let's go to the next one. So we're still talking about limiting beliefs and scarcity thinking, right? And liberating truths and abundance thinking. So limiting beliefs are and, and scarcity thinking are I'm entitled and I'm fearful. Wow. Yeah. Wow. 
Here's a really simple get. Thankful and confident. Yes. Yes. Thankful is not, it's free. Yes. It's free. Listen, if you have a hard time not seeing that the glass is half empty, if you're a negative Nelly, I want to make you raise your hand so bad, but I already know. But if you're a negative Nelly, and like everything about you just sees things bleakly, and you just look at the glass hat, and you just always think everybody's taking advantage of you, you're living in a limiting belief. You're limited. You're so limited. And so if you're limited... Within yourself, you'll be limited out here where everyone else lives. And guess who's limiting? Just in your noggin, as you think you are. You're limiting here, you're limiting out here. It doesn't change. The next one is, believe there will never be enough. That's limiting. See, that's an actual belief that we have. That's what these things are. They're things we believe, but there's an actual truth that will set us free. The belief there will always be more where that came from. See, that that is the absolute truth about life. I mean, honestly, it's true relationally. It's true with dogs. I've lived now through, what, four, five, six dogs you know, they don't last forever. And the next one, oh, they just have, I got my little scouty now, and she's just a little piglet. She grunts around. <laughs> she just has all these little attributes my little Nunu didn't have, you know. And see, we just, that's what, look, that's just like there's more where that came from. Right? right. right? Yeah. It's just, honestly, it's the same thing relationally. Yeah. When we get rid of especially abusive relationships that didn't know who we were that treated us as our worst self spoke over us you know a lot of times family members will remember how you used to be and they want you to go back somewhere back there get back here and be that little girl or boy you were when you were five and you're like man i don't even know i don't even know that probably know how to be that person right and then you find new friends Especially when you find kingdom friends and they're and and they're like, Why are you thinking that about yourself? That's so weird. Like no one around here thinks that about you. It is, but you don't believe it. You're waiting for the It's true about jobs. Oh, I lost some of you there. Listen, what you're learning in your job right now is something for your future. I would just ask God every day to help me see what I can see there that that is so limiting me. Because guess what? You're miserable, and you find other people at your job that will be miserable with you. Y'all can all flock together, sing another song. Listen, there's always going to be something to say bad about everybody. You and the boss. You ain't perfect. The boss ain't perfect. You don't know what it's like to run your own company. You don't know what it's like to buy insurance or pay taxes. You don't know what it's like to have the liability. You don't know. You know, Pam and I are in search of these new plumbers and electricians. And so, you know, we have to ask ourselves so many questions. Well, if we are not going to be there every second watching them, 
do we trust them? If they blew up the house, do we want to be responsible for it? You know, you don't even know the weights of things sometimes, and all you look at is, well, you know, I just showed up and got my $10. You know, as we advance in stewardship in the kingdom, we realize God's supplying everything anyway. We act like how well we work supplying it, but it's not true. That's just a reflection of your character. That's a reflection of what you do in the dark when nobody's watching. It's not a reflection of God's goodness or not. And see, when we have such negative Nelly thinking, then we carry that into our job, then everything they ask us to do, we look at it through the lens of how that affects me instead of how can I make this company better. And it's the same way at church. Until you get over that this is not just Teresa's gig, yes. then you won't carry the weight that you were meant to carry to come here. You're not a consumer. Yes. Go to Walmart if you want to be a consumer. They got people working day and night to stock those shelves so you can just drive up outside and park your car and they can bring it out to your car. Yeah. Mendel was telling me, I have to tell a funny story about, have you all seen that show, um, what's it called, Cloud Nine? Superstore, it's making fun of Walmart. And so they started this new thing on there where they, you know, will bring your groceries out to your car. And so she was telling me about this one where the lady was had a van and it was packed full. So she just pops the 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 lift gate, you know, in the back and the and you know, if you know one of the characters on there, he's like standing there going, Uh ma'am. Where do you want me to put this? And she said, just put it in the car seat. So he opens up the side and he was like, but ma'am, there's a child in the car seat. And then the next scene is he's holding the baby and she's taking everything out of the car because what she bought is too big to even fit in the car. And that then another lady was mad because it was taking the girl so long to put the rug in the car, but the rug was longer than the car, so she just drove off with the rug sticking out of the car. That's entitlement. I would search your brain to find ways of entitlement in you at, at your job. I don't know if you know this, but just the fact that they gave you a job means you can't be entitled. You don't deserve it. They gave you a job sight unseen. They didn't know if you could even wipe your own butt. They didn't know. They didn't know you. You were a stranger. Right? And they entrusted you to build what they, their hard work built. That you were just sitting at home eating bonbons. And then you, you didn't even know how to fill out the form. Right? So if we're going to advance in our thinking as a man thinks, right? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth, just listen to what you're saying. Ask somebody to listen to what you're saying. Tell them if what you're saying is good. Give them a chance to give you some feedback. Number 21. Yes. So scarcity thing, assume that they are the way they are. I went over some of y'all's heads right there. This is just the way I am. I can't change. This is this, this way I am. Right? Assume, abundance thinking, assume they can grow, learn, and develop. Did you see that word assume? 
It's just going to happen. I just can. Yeah. Right? Yes. The next one. Default to suspicion and aloofness. Oops. Wow. Yeah. Kind of got you on that, huh? Wow. Well, I don't know what they're going to do, what they say they're going to do. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But abundance thinking is default right. to trust. And openness. Let me just shoot it to you straight. Your ability to trust the wrong person is you. That's you. There's a need in you. And you want to trust girls some cute thing that's promises you stuff that you need. And you don't even check his heart. You don't even check his character. And you marry them, and they are just what they said they were. They are. Right? It's the same way with everything else. You know, if I go to work for somebody, I mean, I had this guy come to work for us the other day, and he was a jerk. And the, we had this funny, hilarious interaction. So he's in there being inappropriate, and I'm just saying stuff to him. Not very many things. A lot. I wanted to say a lot more. I was really restraining myself. I was in complete self-control. And he says, Pam, I need to talk to you outside. And I was thinking, I wonder if he's talking to me because I'm the only one that he's probably talking to. And I said, are you talking to me? And he's like, yes. And I said, well, I'm Teresa, first off. <laughs> so he takes me out back behind the big dumpster and I thought he was going to say this is how naive I am I thought he was going to say you know my wife just died and I have been acting like a fool and I'm really sorry for acting so ridiculous but he proceeded to chew me out and tell me that I can't talk to him this way in front of his boys now I wasn't really talking to him anyway in front of his boys but he just he he couldn't get one over on me you know what I'm saying like he was so used to being the big boss walking around telling everybody what to do and barking orders to everybody and I I had to help him and then I had to fire him because he could not conform to the standard now see I don't need I didn't need him to work for me see he was so unself-aware that he thought he could do anything he wanted in an environment and no one would say anything. And then he thought he could confront me. He met somebody way above his standard. Now, see, he claimed we had a clash of personalities. Even though I told him that was not what was going on. We were not having a clash of personalities because I'm the boss. Now, see, you've got to know who you are. Yes. I mean, if I'd have gone out there and I'd been like, oh, right, yeah, you know, then he'd have been in there being a jerk to my girls even more. Google Island over them and all that. No, you're not doing that here. See, you've got to know who you are. You've got to have an abundance thinking. I know he's a dime a dozen. I know there's 10 other guys waiting to work for us. I don't need that. I need professionalism. They were there. They were there, so they were so excited. 
the next one, number 22, uh, 23. Scarcity thing, resent competition, believing it makes the pie smaller and them weaker. Yeah. Now, you know, there's a there's a, a bad side to ill-motivated yeah. competition. But right. the point of it is, is that I I should paint something and I should look over and see somebody else paint something and I should be like, I think I can do better. That's that's healthy competition. That's saying, "Hey, teach me what you did there because I can't I can't do that." Welcome competition. Believe it makes the pie bigger and them better. We're not good at this. We're not very good at this in this room. We're so fragile. We're a little bit afraid that someone else might shine and that I don't get the shiny award. We're a little, we are, I'm just t- helping y'all. Y'all are a little bit this way. And, and, and you have to know there's a lot of pie being passed out. Right? You should want everything you do to be critiqued. I'm just telling you. Oh, y'all said yeah to that. But when it comes, y'all are like, no, 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 no. no. No, you should. You should say, man, I want someone to tell me. Like this morning, you know, I, Lynn told me that tomorrow was prayer uh, class. And so when I got here, you know, Vinton and Tess have been working on some slides because we're going to do announcements difference. We're going to be having these slides rotate. And, and, and so I stuck on there. Don't forget, it's tomorrow. So then Vinton sends me a text and says, wait, is prayer tomorrow? And that's the 31st. I was like, no, Lynn, tomorrow is not prayer. And so, and so, you know, but it's funny to us. That's funny to us. It's not serious. Like, you know, I'm so glad that. And so then while he's up there playing and warming up, I change it right before his very eyes, you know. And so then we have a whole funny thing going on. See, we've got to get feedback. We've got to let people tell us you did it wrong. We do. We have to let people tell us that's not good. Because what are we doing for then anyway? I mean, think of your boss. Think of your boss, and your boss can't tell you that you're just you're slow. You're slow. You're lazy. You're slow. You just you need to pick up the pace, Picante. You need you need to do something different. What if they can't say that? Then you know what they're doing. Let me tell you what they're doing because I do it. I find all the easy jobs that I can know that you can be successful at, and I let you do those. What's happened to people in this room? And so that's not good. You want to challenge yourself, right? That's how you actually continually increase your thinking. Then you learn you can do anything. That's what you want. 24. Scarcity thinking, they're pessimistic about the future, believing that tough times are ahead. Now, surely no one in here thinks like that. Duck. And abundance thinking, they're optimistic about the future, believing the best is yet to come. Listen, remember, this is truth versus beliefs that we have, right? You can see the limiting power in them, right? Just in what I think. Limiting power in just something that comes across my mind that I don't check. Right? Are you all with me? Yes. 
The next one is see challenges as obstacles or problems as obstacles. Anybody got a problem going on in their life right now? Put it on your mind right now. You got it on your mind? And we feel like their problem's pretty big. <laughs> Remember, let's go back to that slide. What number was that? <laughs> Twelve. <laughs> there, thank you. Okay, put your problem on your mind. Has everybody got one on their mind? Yes. Don't have one? Yes. Bro's like, I don't, even, I don't even know what a problem is. I don't have one of those. Does, does everybody have one on their mind? Okay, right now... Is your mind more thinking about that problem as, oh my gosh, it's going to be hard to fix it. It's going to be hard to repair it. It's going to be, I don't even know what to do with it. I've tried stuff. It hadn't worked. Or is it, I know this thing's going to work out. I mean, I know this is a test for me. I know I'm getting stronger with it. I know it's going to be amazing. I know I'm going to have a testimony. I'm going to tell my story. Which one are you got? So whichever one I have, whichever one I'm most thinking, my words line up with it to counteract how I'm feeling. They do. Your words line up with how you're feeling about it. And, but you, you know, but we're so good at, um, what's that thing? Wednesday and I couldn't think of that word. Those ways that we. Yeah, we do, we do. We are so good at behavior modification. See, I don't know what that. I don't do that, so I don't know. We're so good at behavior modification. We don't even know we're doing behavior modification. We think we're being really positive. We think we're doing all these really. We do, and it's actually just really that we haven't completed the past. We haven't learned. We haven't backward thought enough to learn. What did we? Not want to repeat back there. Right? So abundance thinking is we see challenges, opportunities. Opportunity for what? Have you changed your mind any about problems? Anybody? I feel like we could go home on that. Right? So now we're like, okay, this is an opportunity. You know, like if this happens and I run into that person, I wasn't going to run into that person any other way. Right? I'm going to think about this differently. Remember at the beginning of this, he's wanting his divinity to flow through humanity. So he's wanting humanity to see divinity in action in every situation. Right? If you do, if you'll do this, it's just so fun. It's so much funner doing this. Okay. The na- the last one is we think small and avoid risk. Scarcity thinking. We think big and embrace risk. I don't know if you know this. But everything is risky if you're living. It is. There's a level of risk just you being here. You didn't know what was going to happen today, right? I could have got mad and chewed you all out because I just have to do that every now and then. It was just risky coming here, right? Right? It's risky. You're like, well, I don't know. Is this doing anything for me? Is this good for me? Like, I don't know. Is this all this time we spend up here? I mean, we're up here for hours at a time. I mean, is it good? I mean, is it worth it? I mean, I could be watching something on TV right now. Right? Everything's risky, you know? 
going to your job, starting a new business, you know, being anything in life, being in relationship with somebody, it's all risky. We're all strangers. Right? But see, the thing you have to remember is that God, he pays the path of his promises. He pays it. Right? You know, interesting, a little analogy that they're tearing up the street in uh, Cece and Titi's neighborhood. And so right now, I was telling her that most of these um, streets have cement on the bottom. And they just pour asphalt on top of it. And I used to know a lady that owned an asphalt company. So she was telling me that they're processed because all asphalt is recyclable. Because it's just basic petroleum and junk and rocks. That's all it is. And then they just pour it hot and they roll on it. But they have to have a good surface. Have you ever seen asphalt pour just right on dirt? Well, as the dirt you have, you just don't know it. As dirt shifts, the asphalt starts cracking and doing all these crazy. There's not a good surface there. I mean, I don't know for sure what's going on in their neighborhood, but but let's just say there's semen on the surface. So what they do is they come in and they scrape off the recyclable asphalt and get down to the cement part. And the scraper doesn't scrape up the the semen. Isn't that cool? Yeah. That's kind of like what's going on with our thinking. We have a foundation of heaven. That's our cement road. That's where you came from. And God said, hey, it's time for calling to come to earth. 70 years ago, I mean, sorry, 50 years ago, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we're the same age, so I can think. Are you 58? Yeah, it's a, we're the same age. 58 years ago, it's her time. And she's going to have a really rough childhood and rough first marriage and rough second, no, sorry. Um, and she's going to have rough times, but now this is her year, 2022. <laughs> And I'm going to start infusing her with new creative ideas. And, and her husband's going to get on board with them. He's, he's not going to be at the back of the cart sticking his heels in the ground or anything. I would say this if he was here. Because why? Because that's, that's what risk is. She can either look back. She's got to complete the past and say, okay, all that's over. Those folks are dead and gone. It's over. And so now I've got all these creative ideas flowing. And so now I've just got to point my risker somewhere and achieve what my risker was meant to to achieve. Because this is her year. And so I'm going to end tonight with just a couple more slides, okay? Is this tonight or today? It feels like nighttime. I didn't sleep very good, so I'm really sleepy. There's three kinds of limiting beliefs, and we'll talk more about this, okay, coming up. All right? Those three areas, the world, others, and yourselves. Think about it. It's not unlimited. Cool, huh? That should give you hope. So I, I propose this week, if you would do this little exercise and say, okay, what are my limiting, and I gave you a list of what they look like and feel like, beliefs about the world. And just try your best to write some that are not in that column anymore. If you've got limiting, say, okay, I need a liberating truth here. Right? I need a truth about the world. I mean, you could start with an overarching view that God loves all humanity. 
So when humanity's acting like a fool and hurting me, it's just because they haven't encountered the love of God. That's it. So they are going to do that because they're they're looking for love. And so you're you may be in the way. You know, I'm sure this guy the other day, he was looking to be Mr. Big Boss to his little boys he had in there barking around at them, telling them, showing them, showing off to them, telling them how he was this kind of boss, I'm this kind of boss, and this is what I require, and saying all that in front of me. I'm sure he was thinking, I want to get so much respect. But, you know, I had to help him because I'm a helper. I'm a helper here, and I'm a helper elsewhere. I had to help him. And I had to tell him, talking to those boys is wrong. You are wrong. He had to. He tried to tell me how they needed that. And I was thinking, no, they don't need that. See, so he was limited in his ability to be a good boss because he had the belief they needed to be talked to that way. That's how you see these limiting beliefs. The liberating truth was he could show honor and they would do better. But it was really great because, you know, we came in, the girls were just, they were just thanking me for firing him and thanking me that the the environment returned back to peace, you know. And so then they felt what? They felt safe. Big Mama came and she said, no, no, no. Right? That's what the world's looking for. Go be a big mama somewhere and make some more people feel safe. So he says right there, watch out. Limiting beliefs distort our view of the world, others, and even ourselves. That's what they're doing. They're distorting your eyes. And see, if you're prophetic, you see a lot. Can you see, this is why the prophetic has gotten a bad name is because we see with distorted lenses and then we put actions and we call it God and we call it prophetic. Right? Okay, my last thing. Mendel, are you coming? It's hard to get your hopes dash if you never get them up to begin with. But that kind of cynicism poisons our soul and sabotages its results. Listen, you may not do this at a really deep level, but just if you do it on a surface level, you're just poisoning yourself slower. You're just letting it seep in slower. It's still right there on the surface. Every place you're not self-aware, how you, how you happen on your community, you're poisoning. Everywhere that you're just like, it's everybody else, it's not me, you're poisoning. Every place you don't get feedback, poison. It's just true. And then you, you'll you find a bird and you'll fluck together, right? Yeah. Are you with me? Yeah. That kind, poison or so, sabotages or results. Our beliefs, yeah, yeah. Our beliefs about what's possible have a direct impact on the reality we experience. <gasps> think about that. Yeah. It's just what I think is absolutely possible. Right? Yeah. See, Aubrey and I are talking about art stuff. Well, you know, she, her family lives under an attack physically. Well, I'm trying to teach her to get out from underneath that. Because why? It will cancel all the events yes. right. 
That's the goal of the enemy. It's the same thing I've done with the worship team. If, if they have, Shudi used to have a limiting belief that she didn't think she could play the piano good. I mean, to us, it just sounds so crazy. We can't even know, but it was still a real thing. And so that was limiting. But what if you could change your sense of what's possible? I love this next little, it says, when a distinguished but elderly scientist states that something is possible, he is almost certainly right. When he states that something is impossible, he is very probably wrong. He quotes this guy, it's a failure of imagination. What are we talking about right now? We're talking, all this is about our imagination, every single bit of it. You know, so that's what that's what happens even in the church when we've experienced something in God before. We can get a belief system that is so far off that it, it, someone can't even approach us about it. You know, and so this is the season that we are looking at. We're going to complete that. We're going to talk about on Wednesday, completing the past. Isn't that a great line? And actually learning from it to know what to do in the future. You know, we remodeled the upper room. And I love these little carpet squares. They're so easy to work with, so easy to replace. They're cheap. I ordered them last last time. It was like $500 to ship them. And when I ordered them this time, it was free shipping. And so that, see that, but, but that, that experience we had with them before made us know, well, we could do that again here. So there's no limit. I mean, when I walked in here, I was like, this floor, no. And I was like... <laughs> We'll just get those squares again. And I was like, well, let's just put them on that. Well, let's just put them over there. Well, let's just put them over there. Because why? They, they're inexpensive. They're easy. We can install more stuff. I don't have to pay somebody to install them. It, that, every time you see some, so when I come here and there's a lot of flooring, I think of a simple solution. And that's what abundant thinking does in a simple way. It just looks at a situation and it says, hey, I learned from that before. There are things I learned from the carpet squares before that we didn't do this time. And then this time we do them different. And see, that's what, that's all it is. And when we learn like that, then God expands it. So come on, Mendel. Thank you, Tisa. It's an awesome word, huh? I love the, the terminology that scarcity thinking versus abundant thinking of course, it reminds me of, you know, the, I think it's John 10, 10. It's one of my favorite verses that he's came to give us a life that's full and abundant, the abundant life. And so that is points directly to what he designed for us to experience in this life. He promised us, he said, he, you know, the thief comes to steal. He comes to give life in abundance, not just a little scarce amount of life, but an abundant life that's overflowing with goodness, with his abundance. So I had several things going on in my mind that um, with what Tisa was sharing on today, and I was thinking about the um, integrity point on our word of the year. Remember on the first page there, it talked about integrity being one of the goals. And when I first think of integrity, I tend to think somewhat of being like having good character, like integrity in your job and your work and all that stuff. But I love the definition that um, and the, the phrase that Tisa put on here for integrity was actually the state of being whole and undivided. <clears throat> so like if a, 
a building has good integrity, you can count on it standing up, right? It's solid. It's, it's, it's undivided. It's not going to fracture under the weight of doing its, its purpose. Um, same thing with, you know, all sorts of things. We think of the integrity can be used for different reasons. And so I think this is so awesome that it's the state of being whole and undivided. So when, when he wants us to operate with integrity, that means operating in a state of wholeness in ourself that where we're, we are not divided. And so he's been talking to me a lot about different ways that I um, operate that create a division within myself. And for me, I, I try to compartmentalize things a lot because emotionally I can feel overwhelmed by all the feelings that I'm feeling. But he's, he speaks to me through my feelings. So if I'm compartmentalizing them, then that's not going to work out real well if, that's, if he's trying to communicate to me, right? So I think I'm sure several of you in here do that too, where you compartmentalize, overly compartmentalize, and that shuts him down. So I have a whole bunch of words I could read about that, but I'm not going to today. But I had so many things to choose from. I wasn't sure what he wanted me to share, but I feel like this one word here I'm going to share kind of speaks um, overall to where we're at and why we're talking about this not being um, divided. And the, there's several different ways we become divided, though, and that what Tisa shared on today is one of those ways, because when we have um, some abundant thoughts and some scarcity minded thoughts, then that creates a, it creates a division because if he's in the abundance and we have scarcity thinking, then we are divided from him in his way and the way he meant for us to operate. So our design is then divided by these beliefs that are not in keeping with what he said or how he made us or how he made the world to operate, right? So I'm going to read this word, and I may stop at a few points just to um, tie it together with this. But this, I wrote this actually back in December when I was feeling the weight and the excitement and the power of what he was pouring out and what I knew that this word of the year was going to bring and just all that we don't even have words for yet that he's pouring out right now, right, that we're entering into. And so I said, Papa, I know you're on the move. I know you are. I know you are bursting onto the scene with new levels of revelation, with new ways for us to operate, with new ways for us to partner with your power, for your glory to be displayed in us, on us, and through us. Through us, I feel it, I sense it, and more evidence is being revealed that speaks to the same thing. You made this world in ways that are still mysteries to us. Humanity thinks they've got it all figured out, but just when their confidence reaches a peak, you uncover a greater, deeper truth. Oh, that humanity would be humbled by this experience. You are the great keeper of time, the distributor of truth, the one who unveils what people thought they knew. My heart is filled with excitement for what you are bringing, not to mention the ways that you are speaking that you are sharing your secrets, allowing us to feel your heartbeat. I've tasted and seen, and I simply can't get enough of you. But Papa, the distractions, even in my own design, they sometimes seem so powerful and overwhelming. 
I try to contain them, to put them in their proper spot, to protect this place of operating with and for you. But they seem to overpower me. It seems too much for me to contain, as if my grip is just too weak or small to restrain them all. So I want to propose that maybe this word today that Tisa shared has elicited some similar feelings in you because we were all pinged at different times recognizing where we have scarcity thinking. And so our response to that moment when we realize we've got some work to do, some things that are kind of out of alignment, causing a division in us, um, is very important. You know, our response, how we walk out of here um, with that realization is so important. So one thing from this word, I'm saying, oh, that humanity would be humbled by that experience when we think we know something and then he just reveals a greater truth that we actually have something wrong off, you know. I can't think of what it is, but I know I've seen these little toys or a maze type thing where you you flip the switches and and if you flip them certain ways, then it blocks the flow of the little marble or something like that. And but if you if you once you get it all figured out, it opens the whole track up. All right. So that's what he's wanting to do is he's wanting to be able to flow through us. And we've got these little dividers where we've got a flip a switch flipped. And it just blocks the flow in that spot. And so we want to be excited about realizing that we have some things that are off because he's going to help us um, flip them in the right right way, which is what we want, right? So Papa responded and he said, daughter, son, you have learned a way of managing your inner world that is not in keeping with my design. You did so to survive, I know. Without me, it was the best you could do. And that's what all of this is. We just learned things, like Tisa said today. We learned things that we thought were going to be good. We thought were going to help us function better in the world and be whole, healthy people. But like she said, <clears throat> we have gotten off in some of those. And so we, we did that to survive. And without him, it's the best we could do. But daughter or son, you are no longer on your own. I am with you morning and evening, all through the day. I don't wait outside your door until you are presentable. I don't meet you at the office to start our day after you've done all your prep for duty that day. I'm there when you sleep and when you wake. You were never meant to operate with all these dividers in place. It's not your design. You were not meant to be divided in heart or mind. When I said I would make you whole, I meant there would be a wholeness for you to operate from. Not in designated parts at designated times, but a wholeness of body, spirit, soul. A wholeness of heart and mind. I need you to let go of the reins. I need you to allow your design to flow as it was made. And so that's where we're at right now in this season. That's where we're at. He's pouring all of this out and he's saying, Hey, you've got some dividers and you, and I meant you were designed to be whole. He made a way for you to be whole. I, I heard someone else talking about the completion of the, of the work of Jesus on the cross. You know, that when Jesus died on the cross, it, it completed the work of our wholeness. 
And so we're just, we're just shifting into that. I heard this person say that our spirit in that moment, we received Jesus as our Lord and Savior was made instantly perfect, our spirit, but now our soul is catching up with our spirit. And so that's where we're, we're making those little switches to align for the flow of the spirit to operate as it was intended. And so this, let this be an encouragement to you to remember you are able, you are fully able, the way has been fully made for you to operate in wholeness. So he said, apply what you learned today of the natural realm to yourself. Now this was uh, right around the time, excuse me, I was getting the quantum realm stuff that we shared from the word of the year, okay? So I said, he said, if matter itself is not as constant and rigid as you thought, you remember that part of the word, right? Couldn't the same be true of you? What if I meant for your inner world to operate like your outer world as I designed it? Wouldn't it be true that there are greater depths to you too? What if your emotions and thoughts were more fluid than you thought. And when I'm seeing this today, I'm thinking about these thoughts. When we build um, a way of operating and we have thoughts that were built out of survival, then we, they're rigid, you know, and we will defend them out of this survival instinct. And we will refuse to, to switch gears. And like, uh, I believe Tisa said something about that, about being rigid. And we can't be rigid. We are meant to be to be corrected by his flow. When we're thinking one, because one way of thinking might work one day, and he might be on that, but the next day we might need to switch. And so remember how we have these problems, and matter has all these different probable, statistically um, probable ways of existing, right? We are meant to operate that way too. So our thoughts need to be moldable in, the, in any any given moment. And so again, I feel like there's a permission there to say, don't be condemned if you recognize you're having one of these thoughts. You were meant to be easily moldable, to be easily switched. So just agree with me, partner with me, and we'll just switch you over to that other statistically possible way of you being, of you operating. So what if your thoughts and emotions were meant to travel more freely freely within you to have their perfect work. What if you began to see yourself not as a labyrinth of complexity with boxes and walls that seem like a maze, but more as an ever-changing design made by flowing colors, constantly flowing one into the other. Such colors make a beautiful display that's different every single day. And that's how I meant you to be. I need you to remove your hand that restricts my flow. Stop trying to manage yourself like you did in the days of old. You don't need to play sheriff. You don't need to direct the traffic. Allow me to mix your colors to determine their flow. Can you trust me with this? That's what he's asking us today. Can we say today, we trust you? With this, I trust you with this. I'm going to let you change my operating system, change my my beliefs and my thinking, because it's because I can trust you with it, and there's no condemnation in it, and it's what you're doing right now. You're molding us according to the flow that you're pouring out. 
So he's asking you today, can you trust me with this? Trust me to manage what comes and goes. Remember the dream at the beginning of the year too about what we, um, some things from the past season we need to leave behind and some things we need to take forward. And he wanted to talk to us about that. You've invited me in so you no longer have to do it alone. I don't need you to protect our connection even with this strict regulating that you've known. So I want to propose I know this is what was speaking to me, that I used my own survival methods of operating, thoughts and beliefs. I just took those into my my new design with him, and I tried to protect it with those same thoughts. I tried to protect and guard my connection with him with, with faulty beliefs that I learned in survival. And so even those things you think you're using for your connection with him, for your design, for your purpose, let go of the reins and let him speak to those areas. He doesn't need our protection in that way of, of this connection with him. It's been his intention all along to do this work in us. He said, let's try it. Let's see how it goes. I promise, I promise you'll find freedom and the peace that you seek when you allow this flow. So I just want to pray over you guys and and just say, Papa, we just trust you today with this refinement of our our belief systems, our operating systems. We thank you today for the promise of wholeness, that you made us to be able to operate with integrity, undivided in heart and mind, where our spirit and our soul operate in congruency with each other, where we're congruent and operating with the way you made us and congruent with what you are speaking and what you want to happen on any given day. So I just speak to our minds and to our hearts, and I say, let go of the reins. Make way for the King of Kings to come in right now to remodel and remake you in keeping with his flow today. So we say, we trust you, Papa. We trust you, Papa. I just release a, a new level of faith and trust over everybody in the room and hearing the sound of my voice. I just release an upgrade right now in our trust and our faith in him and an activation of that trust so there'll be no delay. This isn't a time for us to think about trusting him. It's a time to decide, I trust you, and I'm going to let you mold me and make me. And so I just release also a confidence and a, a reassurance. The Holy Spirit is so good at comforting and giving us confidence if we ask him for it. So we thank you, Papa, for what you're doing. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for the way you're moving in us and through us, and we just we surrender to you in a whole new way today. We want minds that think abundantly, just like you promised and just like you operate in abundance. So we say yes to your abundance today. Yes, 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 and amen to your abundance. And it's in your son's name that we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from One Life OK. For more information, please visit us at onelifeok.com.